Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's around the house. Custom has no bearing on quality. And quite frankly, most custom cabinet companies have lower quality finishes than what you go buy at Home Depot. And I'm sorry, you do. Here's why. We'll talk about that in the next hour. But most, and I'm talking over 80% across the United States, most finishes that they're using are lower quality than the top major manufacturers out there. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know. But we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B, your home improvement source every single weekend. Thanks for joining us. Man, Caroline, it's been a busy week, hasn't it? It's always a busy week. We're constantly. It is, but we were a podcast magazine. Oh my God, we were. You guys have to check us it's out. Awesome. Where do they get Podcast Magazine? Like, I know we have a subscription, uh, but where do they get it? Uh, you just go over, I just Google it up. There's this thing called Googling. You just jump on there <laughs> and go Podcast Magazine. But you have Because that's what I used to do to it. I actually have an app on my phone that I can read it every month. Yeah, so you have a subscription. I got a subscription, yeah. I don't think so. they can just read the article blindly, but we are featured on the cover. So if you see, it's on our picture, but we're a featured story for leisure. Yeah. Yeah, you know, as soon as that comes up, we'll have it up on uh, Facebook and all those different uh, social media platforms where we can actually share the story without you having to uh, subscribe. And a special thank you to all of us out there that have been voting quietly yes. for us because we're in the top 50 of all podcasts on the podcast magazine podcast chart. So head over there and make sure you vote because I tell you what, people have been voting. You got us up to 42 in December, so that's pretty darn cool. We like it. Podcastmagazine.com. You can enter to request or or give a vote for your favorite podcast. And it doesn't have to just be us. They ask you, I think, like two or three of your favorite podcasts. So it helps to keep it audience-driven, right? Instead of being Apple charts or, or Spotify charts, it's actually driven by audience, which I like. The people vote. Yeah, so that way it's just always like not Joe Rogan every month. They actually go <laughs> <Okay>. through and <laughs> lucky Joe and show everybody on there. And then there's this beautiful picture of me on the front of the cover. Oh, oh I'm just kidding. <laughs> With a very low cut, a very low cut shirt on. Yes, yeah. it was very low cut shirt. He had on. some pecs hanging out. People want to see what I look like without a beard. There we go. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Which is hilarious. That's like quarterback. Is, is that like well, quarterbacks? The quarterbacks that they made into yes, females? Yes, it is. I thought you were going to catch that. So we were talking to everybody. Uh, you know, we were, we were, Caroline and I were talking about, she sent me this thing of the top NFL quarterbacks if they were females. And they basically deep faked them onto female bodies. And it was just 
It's hilarious. Tom Brady it's, was like, he's a, he's a, he's kind of a looker. We kind of ranked them. We did hot, yeah. we did hot or not. I don't know how appropriate it is, but Eric and I did do yeah, hot we, or not. We'll, we'll do that in a midweek special. <laughs> we'll do a midweek special on that. We're not going to put that on the radio, but uh, that way we can be a little more honest on that one. <laughs> but uh, anyway, very good. Well, today, Caroline and I were talking over the last few weeks about cabinetry, and I thought, you know, this would be a great time to do a cabinetry deep dive for this episode because I want to make sure that we go through and really touch on all those different things that we've got going on, you know, cause cabinetry is a tough one for people and, and only one or two times a in their lifetime, do they do a kitchen remodel? So it's a great time to talk cabinetry. And I need to learn a lot about cabinetry because I want to replace some cabinets in my kitchen and I really am an amateur. I know nothing. So I'm going to hold you to yep. a good explanation. Perfect. So here's here's one of my top rules when it comes to, let's say, designing a kitchen. Always, always hire a kitchen designer to lay it out for you. And here's why I say this. You know, a kitchen design, a typical kitchen, the lifespan of a kitchen is 20 years. So when you're talking to insurance companies or anything else, a, a lifespan of a kitchen is 20 years. We both so agree on that. It's kind of like... We, that's, yeah, I never, I never knew that you had that. that yeah, I never knew you had that 20-year rule either. I do for other reasons like mold and inspection and stuff like that. But I think that's cool that we both think 20 years, that's it. You guys are done. How about bathrooms? 20 years for a bathroom too? Yeah, 20 years is about the same on a bathroom, mm-hmm. depending on the situation on there. You know, you can you can have a bad bathroom environment that, that renders that cabinet fairly useless at 10 if you don't have ventilation and things like that. So, you know, that's a whole other story. But as far as kitchens go... And, and, and what supports that as well is you'll see cabinet companies out there go, we offer a lifetime warranty. <laughs> well, if you read through the fine print, lifetime is 20 years. Really? You can't take a 40-year-old cabinet that had a lifetime warranty and they go, yeah, your lifetime warranty ran out 20 years ago. The planned life of this is 20 years. <laughs> so a lifetime warranty is in the planned life of the cabinet, not for your lifetime. <laughs> I never knew that. So see, you learned something. Yeah. You got to read the fine print. <laughs> it's in the fine print. Whoopsie. And so that's one of those things that be, oh, it's a lifetime warranty. Great. <laughs> oh, well, we'll just, let's read that lifetime warranty. There, there, there's, there's 22 pages of paperwork there <laughs> oh, that you should probably read through before you go celebrating that lifetime warranty. <laughs> so here's the other thing when it comes to cabinetry like that, that I want to say, that's one rule is make sure you hire a designer. Because here's why. If I have a designer that just went to college, they came out, they've got their degree in interior design. They spent, you know, a couple semesters doing cabinetry design. (laughs) I'll be honest, no offense, entry-level designers. I still don't want you designing my kitchen. Because really, when I'm training a designer, and I've had 30 years of kitchen and bath design in my background. It's a lot. When I hire a designer... I stop really looking there over their shoulder to make sure they're doing good design work after about two years. Hmm. So it takes a designer to blast through probably 30, 40 kitchens before they really got their arms around it. And you as a homeowner thinking that you've designed a kitchen once before, maybe even if you're doing your own house slips five or six times before, you don't have near the experience to really do that kitchen right 
and put in the right things that are available out there. Because even if you did one 10 years ago, kitchens have changed in 10 years. I have a question for you. So if you're just doing a replacement and an update, do you still need a designer? Yeah, because you would never want to go in and just remove and replace and put the same bad design in there. Okay. So you want to update. Think about this. Yeah, you always want to update because you think about it. Let's say you've got a 30-year-old kitchen, right? Mm -hmm. That was, you know, let's call it 1990s. Think of how the kitchen has changed since the 1990s. In the 1990s, you still had this big box of a microwave that was sitting on the counter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You didn't have all of these kind of Williams-Sonoma type stores Mm -hmm. or crate and barrel and all the cool accessories. You didn't have all of the cool things in your kitchen. You, I mean, you had mixers, you had that stuff, but you didn't have all of these other things from maybe it's a steam oven. Maybe it's a, uh, a, uh, you know, any one of the Instapots or all the other things that you have now in kitchens mm-hmm. and then- that you have. So you didn't design it around all of the latest gear. It's literally like taking okay, I'm going to design it around. It's like buying a 1990 BMW (laughs) and just painting it and maybe putting some new body panels on it versus going out and buying a brand new 2022 BMW. It's just a different thing altogether. Well, and the ovens, right, have changed so much. We were talking about now they have the double door oven versus like your traditional oven. And then they have the oven like yours where you've got the super big oven and then you've got like a little smaller oven next to it. And I know like very little about kitchen design. So that's Eric's expertise, but there is a lot doing there. Yeah. When we come back here, let's do this. Let's dive into one of the things with appliances just for a minute and how that affects cabinetry, because that is one of the things you do have to keep in mind. But we'll talk about that and, and even drawer systems here, because that's another big one. When we get into cabinet construction, we'll dive into that. We'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns. with Eric G and Caroline B, your home improvement source every week. Thanks for joining us. So we're still kind of laughing because as I just checked <laughs> on during the commercial break there, I checked my phone and my buddy texts me and goes, hey man, great article. I saw it. Um, like the cover photo. I hadn't seen what it looked like without the beard. You shaved. <laughs> still laughing about that. For those, for those of you who haven't seen the cover of Podcast Magazine, there's a, a beautiful woman on the cover. Stunning. Yeah. And she... Yeah. And she's, she's wearing a very risque outfit too. And so we are joking. He thinks, you know, that could be Eric. Yeah. And I said, yeah, Eric, you've been working out your pecs. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been hitting the gym. <laughs> That's all. I only wear that on Friday nights. So. <laughs> so we've been talking kitchen and bathroom cabinetry, you know, it's, it's one of those things, Caroline, that, you know, when you're out, taking a look at the stuff, there's an education you need before you start the process, right? You know, all cabinetry Mm. is not the same. If you go in and look at on the low end, some of those, uh, you could go around in almost any metropolitan area and go into the, uh, what I call the made in China cabinetry and stone shops. You know, it's the, it's just what (laughs) it is. It's, it's the import stuff. It's knocked down. Um, And quite frankly, that stuff 
scares me to death because the chances of it being filled with formaldehyde, the chance of it having dangerous chemicals in there, it's high. None of it is tested. You know, it's, 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 it's rough. It's really rough. And a lot of the DIY and flippers are using a lot of that product. Mm -hmm. So they just think, oh, well, I'll go down and, you know, I'm not going to live in this house. So I'll put the cheapest and something that can, some of them look good just from a visual standpoint. But when you know what's really there, it can be. Some of those guys now got hit really hard about 18 months ago to two years ago, right before kind of the year before COVID they got hit because the world we won out United States won a world trade organization thing against them. So some of those companies had to pay an 85% penalty tariff in the U S because they were dumping cabinetry in the U S. And so what dumping cabinetry means is that basically the government in China was subsidizing these products that they were selling it below what the cost of the materials were normally on the marketplace. So they were just dumping it here and that ended up, um, you know, they, they won that tariff. So that really raised those prices and it really did kind of balance out the cabinetry industry a little bit because that took that, that made it not affordable for some of those guys. And that includes some of these companies out there that are like cabinets to go and some of these other guys that were bringing stuff into the U S they had to pay a huge tariff on that as a penalty. So that made it a little bit more interesting. But really one thing that I want to get into before we get into like the plywood boxes and the particle board Mm -hmm. and the drawer boxes and the hardware is there's one thing I want you to think about on the finish. And I'm not going to talk about the materials so much of the finish is what you expect out of it. Like if you have a very pristine home, no pets, no kids, maybe a painted finish is going to be great for you on those cabinetry. But Hmm. if you've got kids, pets, dogs, you like to cook and you're going to be bashing stuff around in that kitchen, maybe a stain is going to be better. Because if you think about a painted finish, it would be like taking the hood of your car and putting a countertop on it and painting because a paint shows every nick, scratch, dent, chip, everything. There's no place for it to hide. How about fin- how about fingerprints? Like Depending. people often complain that some- so painting would show that more so than a stain. Yes. Uh, I did a matte finish on mine. So I have a matte finish, white matte finish paint on mine. So it doesn't show it as much. But the thing is, wood grain is super, super hideability of that is amazing. It will hide a lot because you've got all these random lines that take your eye off away from a little crack, a nick, a chip or whatever. And here's the other thing. And and I've had, I had one client that I sold cabinetry to four or five years ago. And if you're listening, I'm going to kind of call you out on this because we had this conversation, but she's still doing it today. Cause I see sometimes the emails. This is wood and wood is an imperfect item. It expands and contracts. Of course. If you expect this wood door that you're buying to look like a Ferrari in perfection, <laughs> guess what? You didn't buy Not a Ferrari. Happy. 
And that's one thing when we get into finishes that I want to talk about. When you go and buy an, a, a, a common cabinet, you know, grade of cabinet, let's say it's in a home center, it's in Craftmade, which is in Lowe's and Home Depot and thousands of dealers across the U.S. or a Kia or uh, Kia's on the low end, you know, Craftmade is out there. If you go buy that grade and you expect it to look like your BMW, your Mercedes on the finish, that's not what you bought. What you get out of cabinetry and what you pay for, you have to get a much higher grade of cabinetry that's not available in a home center to get into something that's going to be that pristine. Is that a a pretty common complaint? Because, I mean, when I look at cabinets, I I mean, maybe I just don't have an eye for it, but most of it looks generally the same. Like I haven't ever walked into a kitchen and thought it stuck out at me and I'm pretty OCD with my eye that, you know, it doesn't match up or something. So is that someone just being really critical or is it, I mean, does that commonly happen? Like, do you notice it as a designer? Yeah, I I do because I've sold all those different lines, right? So when I sit there and look at it, for instance, and I'm looking down a door, I might see a little wave in the finish. I might see where there was a grain where, you know, it was a hard, it was a softer piece of grain. So maybe it sanded a little different. So there's a little bump or there might be a little pinhole type of knot. Completely acceptable in painted cabinetry. Now, if I had gone to, let's say, Wood Mode or Downs View or some of these brands that you see in like Architectural Digest, the difference there is maybe in, in a painted cabinet with Craftmade. Let's say I paid $10,000 for that cabinet package just for the cabinets themselves. So I paid that, 10 grand. I might have paid 30 for the exact same design or 40 in Wood Mode, Townsview, William O's, one of these other brands. So you have to get up there just like any car. You can't go out and buy that Kia and expect to have the fit and finish and everything else to be the same as that Bentley down the street. You're in two different price points, and you got to realize that when you're dealing with cabinetry. It's the same thing. You get what you pay for. You do. Every time, every time. Do you think there's any exceptions? Like if, are there maybe middle of the road cabinet makers that make a pretty decent cabinet that could ride with a higher grade? Yeah, or a higher you start end to get in some brands that'll do that, that start to get up there. Um, some of my favorites out there that I like personally are a company called Crystal, a company called... Let's see, uh, Crestwood out of uh, Kansas. They're really cool. Um, That's the one you had me look at. Yeah. They've got some stellar stuff going on. All right, hey, let's go out to break here real quick, Caroline, because we are running out of time in this episode. We come back. Let's talk about cabinetry construction. Do I get plywood? Do I get particle board? What do I get? We'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns. And you're listening to Around the House with Eric G. Welcome back to Around the House with Eric G. and Caroline B., your home improvement source every week. 
Thanks for joining us. Caroline and I have been sitting here talking cabinetry today. It's kind of our 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 boxes special. I like this. Kind of getting ready topic. for the holidays with the boxes. I like it because Eric teaches me. And this is something that you everybody needs to know. I mean, everybody's got a kitchen and they're gonna have to remodel it at some time. I'm doing it now. Absolutely. I'm putting the plan in place. I'm lucky yeah. I have Eric though. If <laughs> I design consultant <laughs> personally. And this is right in my wheelhouse just because I've done this since the 90s. You know, this is something that I've been involved in. I've I've run cabinet companies. I've been on I have done a lot of consulting with major brands out there. I mean, um no secret one time Craftmade flew me out to their to their factory in uh Michigan to go out there and we sat there and we're picking out cool new things for the next year's catalog from door styles to colors to accessories. And we spent a few days out there literally going through and picking out the, the new things that we're going to go into in the next year's lineup, which was Eric a lot of fun. Eric has done this since birth. He was born in a cabinet. Yep. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> that was inside the box. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about the box since we're good segue here. That cabinet box is something that you should think about because there's a couple different types of, actually three main types of construction out there. There's your traditional American face frame style cabinet where you see kind of that one by two frame. It's very traditional with a door that either overlays the frame fully or a half inch. Those are the two common kind of overlay door styles that you see out there. Now, Within that face frame, there's another style of face frame that you see that's in higher-end kitchens or older kitchens, and it's what they call flush inset, where that one-by-two frame is there, but the door is flush with it, so it's all inset, Hmm. and that's flush across there. That is a really cool high-end look. The problem is, is it's very susceptible to humidity changes. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's areas in the country that I would say I wouldn't put that in at all. Yeah. Because I've got issues. a lot of houses with high humidity. So that would it just warp the cabinet. It wouldn't it wouldn't sit well. The wood could uh, yeah. swells up because you've only got about a three thirty second gap around that door in drawer front where they slide in. Don't go there if you live on a lake. And so that's the problem with yeah, that. Don't go there if you live on a lake. Yeah, that's not a good thing. Not a good thing. The other thing that I like is and one of my favorite styles is what they call the European frameless. It's kind of like what the IKEA ones are. So instead of having a face frame around the front of the box of the cabinet, you've got just a three quarter or even five eighths panel around the side, and there's no face frame at all. So the doors attach on there, they close, there is no face frame. That is one of the most efficient uses of space, especially with small kitchens. Um, Frameless is one of my favorite ways to go. And that's one of the problems that you see because if you have a face frame style cabinet versus a frameless in the exact same kitchen, in many cases, you can gain another 18 to 24 inches of storage in the average kitchen mm. just because you're using that yeah, space. that's good too. Does that yep. make sense? Well, you think about it. If you've got a four inch, I mean, a four bank of drawers, that's maybe just your typical 18 inch wide cabinet. And you've got that face frame around it. So you got a one by two, another one by two, another one by two, another one by two. So all of a sudden you have like 
another drawer space of space that's just wasted because of that frame. It's dead space. And then every time that that cabinet starts a new one, you have another three inches of unusable space. So in my kitchen, which is an older kitchen at this time, but it had that European style and they did that because it's not a large kitchen. They used up as much space as they could. So I'd probably want to stay with something like that if I was going to, you know, and I'm going to remodel the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I would. Yeah, I would. I would. So then it comes into, do you like particle board? Do you like plywood? From cabinet construction wise, I'll be honest. Many times the particle board can be stronger than the plywood. I don't like the way particle board holds up when it starts to get wet. So for example, around the sink, that's, you ever see particle mm-hmm. board when it starts to degrade, it breaks off into this like soft material, like a, it almost, it, it looks like a fabric. Sure. So over time, as it gets wet yeah. and wet and wet, which I don't see happen with the plywood, it happens with that fiber board. I do. do Many homes that I've been in, that I've been in where they had water damage in there, the plywood is either delaminating or it's warped in the bottom where it's all wavy. Yeah. And at that point when it's all wavy, it has the same structural capacity. It as breaks that into wet particle. that wet, that's it, that soft, mushy gunk, right? Yeah, like, mush. Yeah, and it breaks off and it gets everywhere. You think about it; they're both wood. Yeah, they're both wood. They're both a hundred percent wood with glue and binders. And so, by the time that happens, and people go, "What happens if my kitchen floods?" Well, guess what? If you have a a big leak where you got to pull cabinets out anyway, it doesn't matter if they're particle board or plywood because you're going to want to replace it anyway. If you've already flooded that cabinet, you're going to want to replace that box no matter what. I have a trick question. Is there such thing as an all wood natural cabinet? You hear people talk about this like, oh, I'm putting in, I'm going to get custom cabinets and they're going to be all wood. Does that really exist? No, you wouldn't. I mean, you would, but it'd be stupid. Think about this. Walk into a home center and look at a, you know, three quarter inch piece of pine board that's eight inches wide. Most of the stuff on the shelf is all warped to hell. You would have in a cabinet, if you took a three-quarter inch panel and made that all out of solid wood on the sides, mm-hmm. it would be foolish because every cabinet would be warped. It just would. Hmm. You would have this wonky clown-looking kitchen <laughs> that would look absolutely horrible. Because you hear and people so, talk about it. Like they yeah. say, my clients say that, well, I want to go high end kitchen. I'm going to do all wood cabinets, but I don't think people really understand what that means. Right. I think they don't they, know what they're talking about or they're falling to a sales pitch. I could have a pli- a particle board cabinet. That's all wood. That is ground up wood. So really <laughs> when it comes down glue. to it and a bunch of glue, or <laughs> you could have wood that is all cut up. That is into thin little layers. That's put together, that's held together with a bunch of glue. That's plywood. <laughs> you still have two wood products held together with a bunch of glue, no matter what. So that's the thing. And by the way, let's let's stop this myth right now. Custom has no bearing on quality. And quite frankly, most custom cabinet companies have lower quality finishes than what you go buy at Home Depot. Really? And I'm sorry. Busted. You do. Busted. That's huge. Here's why. We'll talk about that in the next hour. But most, and I'm talking over 80% across the United States, most finishes that they're using are lower quality 
than the top major manufacturers out there. So when you see like a, we have a lot of what people call boutique. I'm going to a boutique custom cabinetry maker, someone who's, and you'll see people who have, and I've been in these houses, a 20,000 square foot house and everything is custom mahogany and they've made all kinds of cabinets and inlays and yada, yada, yada. Is that better or is that more gimmick? A lot of times it's more gimmick. Custom is custom. It's, I, I have plenty of guys that I, uh, some of these brands, I could order a, you know, like out of Crestwood a few years ago when I dealt with those guys, I could order a African mahogany kitchen or a walnut cabinet or anything else that would be considered custom. What it comes down to, you got to think about this, and we're going to go out to break in a second. But a guy sitting there with his table saw cutting up cabinetry in a shop is not as accurate as the CNC machine that is 100% accurate 100% of the time. Doesn't mean it's good. Yeah, what a good point. It's Never just the way it is. Never thought of it that way. Mm. Yeah. All right, we'll come back. Let's think about that one. We'll let that brew here as we go out to break. <laughs> we come back, let's talk about finishes. We'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns. Hi everybody, I'm Ari Kameen from Steven Adler's band and you are listening to Around the House with Eric G and the beautiful Caroline. Welcome back to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. We've been talking cabinetry today. He's, he's blowing my mind. He's just shedding <laughs> off like any any viewpoint I ever had. Like I just assumed, right, a custom cabinet would be better. And like you never think about it that there's human error. There's all kinds of things that can go wrong. It's just it's marketing. It's all marketing. But and I told yeah, him that's I mean, why there's some great custom guys out there. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. they're doing high end stuff, and you're paying five times for this stuff what you would pay for a home center. Most builders are not using this quality for their homes. This is that estate that has you know some guys in a shop, but you got to think about it. And, and we, you and I were talking about this on break. I used to work for a cabinet shop that is no longer around, but they were a large, not a custom cabinet shop. They were a, a manufacturer, which I think is the next level up from your local little custom cabinet shop, but they were all CNC machines and all the, all the latest technology. Mm. They could build a frameless cabinet when it was put together without glue or a fastener, the box, I could get up and stand on that box made out of particle board even, I could hold, stand up on that thing. It would support me with no mechanical fasteners or glue. That's amazing. That's how well these things fit together. And you just can't get that sitting there in a production facility using manual hand tools like a table no. saw or a unisaw or one of those things. It's, you just can't get it that dialed in because if you're taking that amount of time to do it, you now can't afford to sell the cabinets yeah. to get it that dialed in because you've got a guy spending way too much or a girl spending way too much time trying to finish that stuff up. So, so that's you, the key to that. When you talk about like the elite or someone who's doing a really high end job, 
what kind of cabinet are they putting in? Because they say it's custom, but are they going to a manufacturer that produces a high-end cabinet or are they actually going to someone who's manually doing it? Maybe. I mean, most people I think these days are actually going to high-end companies. I mean, we used to import in uh, Val Cachin out of Italy Mm. um, and you would order it and you'd have to wait, you know, six months on the container to show up. Uh, (laughs) You know, all these different things, all these different companies. It was a lot of fun doing those high-end projects. But think about it. When I was doing that 20 years ago, an average cabinet, like your kitchen for cabinets 20 years ago would be $50,000 for the cabinets. Mm. And so now you look at that and go, oh, that would be $100,000. Well, this brings us to a good point. What is a average price point? So if, if somebody's thinking about doing their kitchen over, what type of money do they have to allocate? Like, what do you think an average kitchen, kitchen runs nowadays? That... That that is exactly like asking what does the average car cost? Well, I Am could I give talking you, about I could give you a price. I think I could name a car. I think that realistically, you've got to look to paying about, I would say, forty five thousand dollars for a car nowadays. I mean, if you're buying a new car, right? I mean, that's if you're not going high end, I would say that's a middle of the road well, car. Yeah, I mean, I could probably buy a Camaro for that, mm-hmm. but I'm not gonna buy a Jaguar for that. No, but what I'm saying is- Not going to buy a Mercedes middle, for that. We're talking middle. We're not talking low end, okay. high end, just middle. So but, is it, but, is, but is that middle? If I'm putting in a Bentley, that's not middle. That's still lower. No. That's where I'm going. You see what I, I mean? I know, What's but I'm middle? saying cost average. Let's just give an average. If yeah. somebody's going to do a kitchen, what do they have to look at allocating? Like, you know, what, If you're what do paying you somebody to do a kitchen these days, it's hard to get it under $80,000 from start to finish. There you go. See? If from you're the doing horse's it mouth. Is. He's telling you you need 80 grand in the bank to do your kitchen. And we'll talk about that at another time because you're dealing with all the code updates that you have to do along the way. If you've got a 20-year-old kitchen, and we've talked about it, you got to put a bunch of electrical in, you've got plumbing changes, you got a lot of stuff to go into it. It's expensive. Let's stay on the cabinets here because I want to get into, before we run out of time, Mm -hmm. I want to get into finishes. A custom cabinet shop, and I'll say most, do not have the ability to put on a finish that is as good as one of the major retailers do. They're probably spraying a lacquer finish in there. Now, a lacquer finish looks pretty good. But if I was going to compare a lacquer finish that they would put on a custom cabinet job, you saw lacquer finishes on the cool cars coming off the assembly line in the 50s and 60s and 70s but those finishes break down. That's why in the seventies and eighties, you'd see everybody out in front of their house on the Saturdays. You'd see, you know, Mr. Smith out there waxing his Corvette and Mm -hmm. waxing his car. And you were always waxing cars back then. You don't Mm -hmm. see it in the new finishes. Your car wash many times will put a good wax on it for you. You didn't have to do that because the finish wasn't breaking down. A lacquer finish is brittle. It likes to check on maple. If you get it by the sink, it likes to fall off. Lacquer finishes are not generally a good cabinetry finish. Is lacquer, that is technology to this. This is the layman's question. Is lacquer a petroleum finish? Is it oil-based? Is it, how does it vary? Yeah, it's from all a- petroleum. It's all a petroleum finish. You know, that is. Mm-hmm. Now, when you get into newer technologies, and this started in about the 1990s that you would see it in cabinetry. 
they started to go to a two-part hardened conversion varnish. Hmm. So you would take part A, part B, you'd mix it together, you'd spray it, and that would set up even in your spray gun if you left it there too long. So those two chemicals would react, it would harden faster than waiting for lacquer to dry, and it gave you a harder surface. We've seen people go to many, well, all of the big cabinet companies have gone to a baked on finish. And this is where we got into the durability issue. They might be spraying on a conversion varnish, and this is where it gets a lot healthier for you. It goes now on a, there's a, uh, like a car, there's a robot that sprays the door. Hmm. It goes down the, the finish line. And then it goes into either a UV cure or a heat cure. Mm-hmm. And these ovens bake that finish on. So all that off-gassing happens. Prior, most of it happens right before there. Before it comes into your house. It's baking Way it out better. of there. Way better for you. And it gives a more durable finish because it's baked on before it gets to your house. You're not waiting. it On a lacquer finish, they go to put it in there, and you've got 30 to 45 days before it cures in your house. So... I think for layman's like me, I look at the option like water-based finish versus oil-based finish. I don't even know if they still use oil. I think in custom cabinet places, I know they use it. Uh, they don't use an oil, but it's still a petroleum-based, you know. It's a petroleum-based finish. It's a lacquer thinner-based finish, you know, where, you, where it's a petroleum-based product. Long story short with that, waterborne finishes have come a long way. But on woods, I still think they look plasticky. Hmm. They're getting better. But to me, many of the wood finishes that are water-based, it looks like they dipped them in clear plastic and handed it to you. Because you don't have that furniture feel yet out of it. You have such the eye. I have a waterborne painted finish. You have the eye, though, you know, because you've seen this this parade of cabinets over the years, right? So you can really look at it and ascertain yeah. like, this is this, this is this, this is this. Where to a layman like me, I look at it and I say, it's a cabinet, right? <laughs> yeah, but a lot of people look at it and go, that doesn't look like my furniture. Mm. That doesn't look like my grandma's desk. That doesn't look like a piece of furniture. So you run into that a lot where people go, I don't know, that looks a little weird. Huh. They can't put their finger on why, but the sheen is off. The depth is off. Right now, some of the best finishes out there are some of the water-based and some of the baked-on urethane finishes. Those are kind of where a lot of the cabinet companies are going for. So when you see that urethane finish, that is the top-of-the-line finish out there, and that's a good way to go. But finished-in-place cabinetry is going to have your least durable finish. So if you have that custom cabinet shop that comes out and – they put cabinets in and they're going to finish them in place. Oh, looks beautiful, stink. but it's the softest and least durable finish you can have. And you're going to have stink all over your house for months. Yeah, and, it still has to off-gas. Yeah, I like doing it out. Prefer that. So before we go out to break here in a second, Caroline, you had a question that you were going to ask me on your kitchen about cabin heights. Oh, yeah. So we were talking about, you know, is it preferable to go to, all the way to the ceiling or should you leave spacing? And you gave me this really interesting answer, which really depends on how squared up that room is, how flat that ceiling is, how level it is. Because if you've got this wavy ceiling, and I never thought about it because I'm like not a kitchen and bath designer, but you could really have a screwed up situation if you put in something to the ceiling and your ceiling is not level, correct? 
Yeah, when you go to the ceiling and you're going to the floor-to-ceiling cabinets, you get that whole thing where those two might not be in the same plane. So you could have two inches of difference in there. And then the other thing is a design thing is that it can, if you take a small, narrow 1920s house with tall ceilings and you put kitchen to the cabinets to the ceiling, it can look like you're in a, a forest of tall trees. It can be out of scale. We'll dive into it next week a little bit as well. I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. And you've been listening to Around, Around the, the House. house. Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.